Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. As we kick off this Thursday show, I start the show with an interview that was done earlier in the day that intrigued me. I have to admit. And maybe it's because not only do I have the access because everything that's going on and a lot of these companies, I know I'm experiencing that now with Showtime being able to watch. Because normally what I do with Showtime is like I kind of ride the Billions and Homelands series. And that's like when I decide if I'm going to keep it or if I'm going to cancel it. I mean, listen, HBO I have all the time. I pay for all this other crap anyway. So it's like, all right, I can't have like 10 zillion things coming in on my cable bill, especially when I'm paying for this sports package. I'm paying for that sports package. Got to be practical. But... I was about to order Showtime with Homeland, and of course, Billion's coming back. Don't need to. But Tom Brady on the Howard Stern Show was accessible to me as I sat in the apartment and throughout the day as Kate's doing work at the computer. She's doing calls, so I got to pipe down and be quiet anyway, so it was perfect. I threw in the AirPods. I listened to what Tom Brady and Howard Stern are saying, and listen, Howard is as good as it gets when it comes to doing an interview. Now, Tom Brady don't give you a whole lot. I thought Tom Brady, from a personal standpoint, was actually pretty intriguing in this interview. He was talking about everything going on with his personal life and Giselle and the idea that he skipped OTAs because he had to get his marriage and he had to get his family life in order. Interesting. Then he gets into all the nonsense uh, surrounding Derek Jeter and why he's renting out Derek Jeter's house in Tampa and what kind of thing that's going to be, what kind of arrangement that's going to be. All right, all well and good. Then it comes to the subject of why he left the New England Patriots. And I know that's something that I tuned in to hear. I wanted to get a sense for if Tom was going to tell you, if Tom was going to give you any sort of indication that there was some bad blood, that there was some hostility, and that 
Tom Brady just hated the guts now of Belichick and Robert Kraft and everybody on Patriots' way. Not the least. Basically, the gist of the interview, and I do believe this. I, I don't think this is BS. I don't think this is Brady speak at all. I think the gist of the interview was basically Tom Brady admitting that before the 2019 season even began, he kind of knew in the back of his mind that it was going to be his final season as a New England Patriot. Knowing the Patriots the way we all know the Patriots, do they strike you as the sort of organization that was, dare I say, completely blindsided by this? Not at all. To me, not at all. I bet the Patriots knew, just as Tom Brady knew, that 2019 was going to be his last go and 2019 was going to be his last run for better or worse. And we know how that season turned out. They faded down the stretch. They collapsed to lose a first-round bye was into my team, the Miami Dolphins, and then Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and Mike Vrabel going wildcard weekend. And the parting gift, after nine Super Bowl appearances and six Super Bowl championships, the pick six from Logan Ryan, and kind of in a way it doesn't feel right that Tom Brady didn't have that storybook ending in New England. But it's over and done with. So people wanted to know, and Howard's good at asking these sort of questions, do you have any ill will? Are you upset about the fact that you are not going to be retiring a New England Patriot? That you are not going to be a Patriot for life? And, you know, I admired Tom Brady's answer in many ways. I really admired it because it seemed like it was no BS. You know, it seemed like, listen, I don't give a rat's you know what about legacy. You want to know about my legacy? How about nine Super Bowl appearances? How about six Super Bowls? How about my MVPs, okay? He's a thousand percent right about that. Some guys don't know when to hang it up. Tom Brady, I think he's fairly confident he's got a whole lot of good football left in him. And it'll be proven over the course of time how much Tom Brady has left in the tank on a team that has far more weapons with Evans, with Godwin, with the two tight ends, with the gunslinging coach. It's amazing. Normally you talk about gunslingers as a quarterback, not a head coach. Bruce Arians is one of those guys, though, that kind of fits that description. He's the ultimate wild card. I mean, that's a guy, you know, when I think about coaches I'd want to have beer with, I would put Bruce Arians very, very high on that list. Like, if I could be in a golf foursome with, like, three other NFL coaches, boom, Bruce Arians, absolutely positively got to be there. No doubt. And I'm curious to see how that's going to work now that Tom Brady is escaping the cocoon of New England and is escaping the comfort zone of what Bill Belichick provides. And the other interesting tidbit that I took out of this Howard Stern interview is the fact that Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are basically the same person, coach and quarterback aside. And Howard got into this fascinating question. This guy is not really a sports guy. About, okay, who is more valuable? Is Belichick more valuable? Are you more valuable? And really, let's call it like it is. The Patriots ain't going to nine and winning six if they had a different head coach or if they had a different quarterback. 
That's why it will go down as the greatest coach-quarterback partnership in the history of the National Football League. Sorry, Walsh, Montana. You guys were great. Iconic. Belichick and Brady were that much better because they did it for that much longer. Almost two decades. That is absolutely positively unheard of. Especially in the salary cap NFL. But now we'll see what Bill Belichick can do without Tom Brady. And what Tom Brady can do without Bill Belichick. But I was in the interview. Maybe it's because I'm just dying for something juicy to hear. Tom Brady obviously is somebody that fascinates us. He's polarizing. He's in our lives whether you like him or not. And for our trip down memory lane, I actually thought the Brady interview today or whenever it was. I mean, it's amazing. I've been doing the overnights now for like six, seven, eight years from a part-time basis to now a full-time basis. And I still will never get the days of the week right. Like from last night and this morning. I'm. It doesn't matter even when Harris Allen would try to like help me out and be like, you know, JJ, it's today. It's not yesterday. It's like, it doesn't matter. For me, it depends on my mood. It depends on my frame of mind. But yesterday... As I listen to the Brady interview. So for those of you who want to like correct me and get on me. Yeah, well, take a hike. Would you please? I think we got bigger things to worry about. I think we got bigger fish to fry. Nonetheless. The Brady interview kind of inspired me a little bit. And you know I've been kind of sitting in the lab thinking about how I'm going to handle each day. And what exactly we're going to be talking about. And what kind of direction we're going to go. This is a topic that, I have to admit, I kind of had penciled in to maybe do a week ago, to maybe do two weeks ago, because it kind of intertwined with a couple of similar topics that we discussed. But because I felt that a lot of these shows were kind of taking negative turns, not from you guys, you guys are overwhelmingly positive, but just the subject matter as far as losses and pain and agita and anguish. I felt like I needed to, in some way, shift it in more of a positive kind of direction, especially when we needed it. But now we're going back towards the negative direction, not from a life standpoint, from a sports standpoint. And Tom Brady, to me, is absolutely a part of, I'm sure, a few lists across the tri-state area. In New York, in New Jersey, and maybe in the southern part of Connecticut. I think the further and further you go north, the more and more you're going to find loyalties to Brady and company. But Tom Brady is definitely one of those players that would fit the description of one of your all-time sports villains in all the years you have of watching games. And I would have said for me, Tom Brady, early, from 2003, 4, 5, 6, 7, going into that perfect season year, fit that description and then some. But then something changed in my mind. And maybe it's because my team has just been so mediocre and so pathetic over the course of Brady's tenure in New England. But like that hatred towards Brady, that anger towards the Patriots, Belichick, Brady, kind of turned into a respect 
more than anything else. Yeah, I don't like them. Yeah, in many ways I would root against them, but there were many times I root for them. Maybe because of financial reasons, maybe not, but hey, that's besides the point. Seattle Super Bowl, Atlanta Super Bowl, Rams Super Bowl. Philly, I root for Philly. Listen, when it comes to the Super Bowl, more often than not, I'm rooting for the side. End of story. That's what we're doing, right? I'm picking a side. I'm rooting for a side. So when the Eagles were a live dog, I said, sign me up. When I believe in Jared Goff beating Tom Brady, I said, okay. And you guys can mock my football picks. That's fair. Nobody should be sitting there with a straight face and mocking my Super Bowl picks. Because aside from that Seattle-Denver Super Bowl, we've been on quite a run. I hope to keep it going in that direction if there's a Super Bowl next year. But besides the point, that like all-time villain status for me with Tom Brady, it's just not there. There's just too much respect, number one. There weren't enough pivotal games played between my team and his team. And here's the other element. For me as a Miami Dolphins fan, my football team as mediocre and as irrelevant as they have been over the better part of two decades. Guess what? They've had their way with the Patriots. More so at home than in Gillette Stadium, where that's been a house of horrors for them. But at home, the Dolphins have had some of their best moments beating Brady and taking down the Patriots in some weird, wacky, and entertaining ways. So I wouldn't put Tom Brady atop the list for me when it comes to my all-time sports villain. So, I'm going to give you my two. One of them I don't think will surprise you at all. I think the other, eh, because I'm going with one guy over the other, I'm curious to see where you guys go with this. The first guy I'm going to give you, who easily takes the kick, it's not Michael Jordan. It could be Michael Jordan. And I hated those Bulls teams But from a villain aspect, Reggie Miller is the guy. Because Jordan just beat you. He stomped on you. Reggie antagonized you. Reggie would go at it with Spike Lee. Reggie would go at it with the Gordon crowd. Reggie would be in your face and let you know it. And it started in 93-94 when the Knicks played that seven-game series and Reggie almost did everything in his power. To will the Indiana Pacers. Couldn't get past Riley's Knicks. But then Reggie got his revenge the following year. That wild sequence in game one of the 95 Eastern Conference semifinals. Put up monster numbers in that series. Knicks almost came back and fought valiantly in that series. And then you had the Ewing finger roll at the end of game seven. The end of the Riley era. But that sort of back and forth towards Nick fans and Reggie Miller. It continued basically for about almost a decade. From 93-94 until the end of his playing career, he was a guy that to me was just the definition of public enemy number one at MSG. So the Knicks had more success against Reggie Miller than they did Michael Jordan. They couldn't beat Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was this immovable object. But Jordan just kind of beat your ass. That was it. You don't want to poke the bear through the media or anything like that. And yeah, Jordan and Van Gundy got into it to some degree. And there was no love loss between me and Michael Jordan. But I would say that like anger and that like role of a villain. Reggie 
from a vocal standpoint, felt like he played it every which way. Like when I think all-time sports villains for me, yeah, Reggie Miller is probably the first guy that comes to mind. The second guy that comes to mind, and he's far more playful, and he's got far more of that engaging, charming personality. But make no mistake, David Ortiz, for me, is right there. Because when you think about a guy who came on the scene right as the Boston Red Sox are on the verge of winning a world championship, and you think about the backstory, and I always gave the Yankees a complete pass for this, that Jason Giambi on the roster, that Nick Johnson on the roster, and rumor has it, I don't know how accurate this is. George Steinbrenner wanted to sign Big Poppy when he was let go by the Minnesota Twins in 2002. Brian Cashman basically told George, hey, look, we got two first basemen that are really good. We're kind of set there. Big Poppy finds his way to Boston and immediately began torturing the Yankees. It started 4th of July weekend. I'll never forget in 2003. It was... I mean, it's picture perfect the 4th of July weekend as you're going to get. The Yankees and the Red Sox, both teams are good. Yankees had Clemens and Wells lined up for the first two games, and they got bombed. And Big Poppy was, no pun intended, dropping bombs. That was only the beginning. It continued throughout 2003, and then in 2004, that series that we want to block out of our minds. Big Poppy. Game-winning hit, home run, game four. Game-winning hit, up the middle against Loiza, game five. Game seven, starting the scoring with a two-run homer when it looked like the Yankees had some form of momentum throwing out a runner at the plate. That went, boom, bye-bye once he goes deep. He's one of the faces of the Red Sox team that pulled off that 3 nothing comeback. But it wasn't just the two years. Big Poppy tortured Yankee pitching. You name me the guy, Big Poppy had a big hit against him. From 2003 until 2016, did not go away. And it looked like he was done. The steroid emission, getting dropped in the order, becoming a platoon player it looked like. Then that renaissance happened. And it was like deja vu all over again. You can't get Big Poppy out. So for me in my lifetime, one guy played the role and kind of embraced the role that much more, Reggie Miller. The other just found a way with a smile and a you-know-what eating grin to just destroy you and to become a face of a team that won a lot more than the team I root for over a 13- or a 14-year period. So yeah. When it comes to playing that role of a villain, you know, you think about Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator who does it as well as anybody. I mean, I'm thinking about villains in movies. Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator is as good as it gets. That's Reggie Miller and David Ortiz for me in the sports world. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. <laughs> I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. You fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. 
All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.